Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt? limited time to prep just like us are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids work and families then this is a podcast for you whitetail legacy podcast coming at you sponsored by bush light keystone light got some sweet vids on tonight what we got kurt this uh team real trees knocked and loaded from the Early 2000s. Knocked and loaded from the 2000s on tonight. White Tail Legacy podcast, knocked and loaded, coming at you. <laughs> Alright guys, here we are, uh, episode four. Episode four, right? Yeah. So, we got kind of our our setup is uh, at Kirk's house, and this is kind of the, the format that when Cody and I thought about getting a podcast started that we were going to have, um, me and him and, and a guest on here just a uh, normal guy who who loves hunting as much as Cody and I do and uh we've it, when we started this it was almost dead middle of of peak rut yeah peak baller rut and uh you know everybody's just crashing in the woods and we couldn't get nobody on here but now now we're past that and we're able to I mean we got a couple people lined up now so yeah. this is kind of the format that we're going to be going with going forward most of the time hopefully I'm saying more than 80 percent of the time yep. this is uh this is what's going to be happening here. If, you, if you're still looking for us, we're on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you just search all them, all them sites or apps and you just type in Whitetail Legacy Podcast, uh, you're, you're going to find us. If you want to reach out, you, you got any questions or comments, you can email us at whitetail underscore legacy at Yahoo. And then if you're, uh, if you're on Facebook, you can search us at facebook.com slash whitetail legacy and That'll pull you up there, give us a like, and go through our feed there, give us some comments and some feedback. Got a lot of good stuff on there. Got some bobcat sightings, some nice bucks on camera, vids. Some, some different stuff. stuff. Some different yeah, stuff. some different stuff. Um, we're on Instagram at whitetail underscore legacy underscore podcast. Uh, that that there is, is my most favorable form of media. I, I love that. Love that spot right there. You want to you want to do up the VIP? Yeah, we're gonna do a VIP shout out. Uh, I think the shout out tonight should be me and Ryan because we're back bow hunting, and we're about to send a meat missile, American meat missile, American meat in, missile into something, you know. And we're gonna let that VIP scream. So, I'd also like to call out my taxidermist. He's been texting me, telling me he likes the likes the podcast. Thanks for listening, man. If uh, anybody wants to send a message, let us know what you guys think. If you think we suck or you think it's awesome let us know man but we got kurt here we're going to go over a few things with him how's it how his seasons go and uh how he got wild thing outdoors started and so yeah kirk let's just start there uh 
Sure. You, you do have Wild Thing Outdoors. Uh, what made you start that? You know, when I was a kid, I uh, I started deer hunting when I was 10, 11 years old. A guy moved in next door to my grandmother, and um, <clears throat> I seen him come home in some camouflage one day, and uh, and I just took an interest in it, and he took me out deer hunting, and uh, the first time I ever gone deer hunting, I didn't have a bow or anything. I just went with him just to sit there, and I sat on the ground, and we had a doe come in about five to ten yards away from me and just stared at me. Man, I was just hooked from then. And from that moment on, I did not care what I did in the outdoor industry. I just wanted to do something with deer. I didn't care if I was a taxidermist, if, you know, if I videoed hunts. I just, I didn't care. So long as it had to do with deer, I man, I was hooked. And uh, I got this idea to start this team a few years ago, and uh, we didn't really kick it off until we we started it last year, but we really got into it this year. And uh, we started to get, you know, some fans and we, st- you know, we got a couple sponsorships and uh, we got a couple episodes out and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't easy. I mean, it's, it's taken a lot of, a lot of money and a lot of time and uh, a lot of effort and, um, but it's, it's really worth it. I mean, it really is. I think so anyway. And the, and the other guys are really having a good time with it too. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you're, you're chasing your dreams and, and, you know, it's tough to get in the hunting industry but you guys your videos are cool we're watching them you know we're friends and i hope you hope the best for you guys but yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into we know that you're hunting kind of a special place this year so kind of talk about that this is the first time i've ever done anything like this before i got into uh i, I had some pretty good acreage last year and the year before where i had a lot of big deer on it and um you know, just like any uh, small town bow hunter, I lost the ground. You know, a lot of guys that that I talked to, they, uh, you know, they were hunting and they ended up losing their ground. So I decided to, instead of looking for private ground or leasing any ground this year, I thought I'm going to start hunting public ground. So out at uh, Spoon River uh, by Victoria, I just thought if I can make some videos and some how-to stuff for guys that don't have the opportunity to lease or hunt private ground or anything of that nature, you know, we're all stuck out there on, on public ground. So a lot of people have bad, they got a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to, to public ground because they think that, you know, there's so many people out there and you're never going to shoot nothing. You're never going to see anything. Well, you know, that's not always the case. I, I've, I've hunted there since uh, October 1st and I've seen loads of deer. I've seen, you know, good bucks. I've seen small bucks. I've seen does and the first part of the year we were in kind of a kind of a crappy spot i think I, I had a nice spot picked out that i thought was going to be really good and and it just didn't work out so we we put the work in and and i found a couple of other places and uh, i got one stand up out there because you know legally you can only have one stand on on public ground but we have the one stand and of course i use my climber if i ever want to bounce around so you just got to put the work in and and the deer are out there, and there's big, big deer out there. You just got to put the work in yeah. to find them. Yeah, I've hunted that same place. I've seen some big deer out there too. It's, it's a good place, but it's a lot harder than hunting, hunting private. But homie's going through the same thing right now. Talked on the last episode. He's he might lose his piece. So you know, a lot of guys go through it. I've been there before. I had this piece. I lost all mine, and I had some killer bucks with years of history. You know, and and lost it all, but. You know that's how that's what the normal guy does that doesn't have the money or ain't in the hunting industry. He he makes it happen, you know, and that's why we wanted to have you on because you're still making it happen, and we dig that, you know. See, see uh, that's the thing I'm gonna miss most about if I if I do end up losing this piece is just the the bucks that I never sealed the deal on that you know I've seen for the last two years and I, I might not have a chance at them next Hunter year. Hunter trail cam picks, velvet, hard horn. Yep. I mean, that's what bit me in the butt when I lost my ground. I, I passed on probably four deer that were four and a half year old that were probably 145, 150 inch deer. And I thought, man, they're going to be giants next year at five. And then you lose the property. Yeah. So those deer that you let go, you don't ever get a chance at them again. Boy, that really burned me up. I could have I could have had, you know, huge deer on my wall if I'd have just yeah. tripped the trigger on the release. You know what I mean? But a hard decision because you never know man even if you're leasing something i mean some person could come in with more money than you got yep. and say hey it's over but so all that work you've done they you know somebody else gets to capitalize on that yeah. and that's what happened this year uh somebody shot one of the deer that i let go 
and he was 165 inches. Man. 14 points, and he was a Texas buck. Man, I mean, he comes straight out. He was just a huge deer. And I let him go at four, and they killed him at five, and that burned me up. I went yeah. down to our sponsor taxidermist the other day and uh, to drop my doe off because he's going to do a little special project for me, and he was telling me about this wide rack buck that come in he showed me a picture of it and i said you gotta be kidding me (laughs) (laughs) you were like man i know that buck yeah i had that deer dead to rights at 10 yards for probably 45 minutes and i never shot him wow yeah i wish i would have now oh well that's part of hunting i mean you know that guy that guy he got him you know he got him a nice deer and who knows that could have been the only deer that guy's ever killed you know what i mean so yeah just we all got to look out for each other especially when these outfitters are coming in and taking everything from yeah. us you know so. that's a hard thing here in illinois man i i just got kicked off my best shed hunting ground i mean 400 plus acres and it got outfitted and they were outfitting for shed hunting obviously <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing but i'm out i'm out so so you have to walk a lot less i guess yeah i guess that uh, i'm gonna be about 10 sheds less a year though right, right? that's something that uh me and ryan started this thing and uh, we kind of wanted to go around and see how how Family Guys balance work and uh, and hunting and and the home life, you know. And uh, we really haven't went over that with Homie at all since we started this. So I think we should kick it to him and kind of you know let me know how you do that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy. I don't think any any guy who hunts hunts a lot thinks it's easy either. Um, I think you guys have all heard Cody say that. I'm hunting more than anybody else he knows, which I like to think so, but I'm out there. I'm out there. You're putting the time in for sure. Um, You know, I I did, uh, this was the first year that I was able to save all my vacation, and uh, I took a week for pre-rut, which is what I would say is the last week of October, and then uh, I took my usual week before uh, shotgun, and... So it was it was a little different this year because I haven't actually been able to hunt you know as much in the late late of October when it really starts to get good, and uh, this year was the first year to do that and you know I was I was actually picking up on some things that you know I haven't been able to see in the past and I got I got some good video of that buck hitting that scrape yeah that was sweet. you know I've I've never been able to see a buck on a scrape and so that was pretty cool and it, it's a hard thing man just you gotta enjoy the time with the kids and the wife and if you can you know get the wife out get a sitter and you know when it's when it's june and july get off of work and go home with the kids um you know spend as much time as you can with them because you know when october rolls around what you're going to want to be doing gotta get the brownie points you do the honeydews off season man (laughs) yeah that is that is key so it just I don't know if I have any secrets secrets about it, but I just you just got to take the time that you get when you get it because you're gonna want to be in a tree come October 24th. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just gonna start getting good, and then bucks are starting to get up and get going. But well, the wife wants the gutters cleaned out because the leaves have fell. Well, you should have got your ass up there in the summer and put <laughs> gutter guards on. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm saying, guys. Just. When when you got the time, I know nobody has time nowadays, but just get the stuff done and enjoy the time you got. And I mean, I will say when I'm when I'm gone for a week, I mean I'll say I'm gone even though I'm I'm sleeping in my own bed, but I'm gone because I'm leaving at four in the morning and I'm coming home and I'm not home till seven at night. Well, we put eight in the bed at seven thirty. I mean it's that's just his routine and it works out for us. And so I don't even get to see him. So I mean I do miss him, you know, but. I don't, I don't miss, I don't miss deer hunting. I say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one thing, one thing I'll tell you for a little secret tip for you guys: if if anybody's listening that isn't married and is going to be worried about, you know, having time for deer hunting, find a girl that has brothers that are hardcore deer hunters, <laughs> and then she'll just expect it. You know, <laughs> she'll just expect you to be gone during deer season. That's kind of what I got. I mean, I wouldn't call them super hardcore, but they deer hunt. So she knows, okay, it's deer season. I'm just, he's gone, you know? <laughs> that's just part of it, you know? And, and she knows, that's all I talk about, off-season deer, on-season, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But, yeah, I got I got my boy, and and I love spending time with him, and, you know, but when it's deer season, it's deer season. I try to put time in out there just like I do at home, and I try to maybe go to the bar one less Saturday night, you know, when season's coming up, you know, yeah. and, and put those brownie points in so 
when you get that cold front October 30th and you're like, I got to go. It's or, a no-doubter. Or, you know, coming up here, this major cold front we got, I told the wife, I said, we got to go. She's like, well, we're going to take a take him to a movie at 7. I'm like, that's 7 o'clock. That's an hour and 40 minutes after daylight. I got I got plenty of time. I'm going to be in the stand. And she's like, all right, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. But how, how do you, I know you got a kid, Kurt, and how do, yeah. you, how do you balance all that with work? And- Boy, it's not easy. I, uh, I don't have, you know, I'm not like you guys. I'm not married, and I don't have a girlfriend, thank God, and uh, I don't think I ever even want one, you know. I mean, because, <laughs> see, I get to go to Farm King now, and if, if I want to spend $600 at Farm King, I don't got to make a phone call or a text message. I can just do whatever I want. You I know? wish so, I had $600. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> it's not easy. It's really not. Um, I, I've got my daughter, Peyton, uh, five days a week, so it's not easy. Uh, to, to get out there and hunt but I got family you know like my mom my mom keeps an eye on her you know she's been she's put up with my deer hunting for well ever almost 22 years now so she knows and um, I try to the, the trick that I have uh, when it comes to balancing what I'm going to do you know come deer season and how I'm going to manage my time with my daughter and I try to, like you guys said, do everything I can in the off season. I mean, I don't got an old lady that's screaming at me to clean the gutters out. You know, but <laughs> I still got it in the back of my mind, man. If I don't clean them damn gutters out, you know, <laughs> come deer season, I might have a problem in my basement. You know, so I try to do everything in the off season, and then you know, after after the big rush of the deer season is over, like now, you know, the the pre-seasons or pre-ruts over ruts pretty much over you know we're into post-rut now and you can't say uh, just rut it's it's baller rut on this this baller rut yeah it's baller rut well when baller ruts over (laughs) i try i try to slow things down i try to take a break uh because i've been hard at it for about a month and a half you know so i try to slow things down and we try to do little things and then you know after a couple weeks then i'll pick back up and i'll be back in the timber again but my favorite time to deer hunt is after baller rut because it is so much harder to kill a mature deer after they've been shot at with shotguns, hunted with bows, you know. They're skittish, and that's why I've enjoyed hunting the state ground as much as I have, because it is one of the biggest challenges I've ever experienced for deer hunting. But as for trying to keep everything together, I mean, I'm a single dad, so it's not easy anyway. You know, even if I wasn't a deer hunter, it wouldn't be easy, Mm -hmm. you know. So, but... It is the hardest job that I've ever had, but it's also the most rewarding. So, yeah, I think I think we all can can say that. As Cody was talking there, I just got a, a really good idea. During our our shotgun season, you know, we get fourteen, eighteen guys out at, at my piece, and my my wife gets to hear the stories every year about how great of a time we had, and everybody telling telling their own deer stories and lying, and so she's. Two years ago, three years ago, she, she finally said, you know, I'm going to go deer hunting with you guys. I want to see what it's all about. And I said, okay. I said, well, you're going to have a blast. So she come out and sat with me, and she was four months pregnant. And we went down to the bottoms down there. Oh, man. That's <laughs> I, deep, dude. We, we did, we did get, get a deer on the ground, and um, we, we had a good time, and coming back up that hill going down to the bottoms man she was she was like why in the hell did you make me come down here <laughs> but yeah if, if you guys can get get your wife or your girlfriend out there and they get to really see you in that environment and how much you love and appreciate it and uh, enjoy it it's just gonna make that that cold front coming it's gonna make it that much easier to get out there yeah i got my wife out there and she she shot a nice buck that i pretty much put her on i mean it was it was like the Here bird in the hand. There we go. He did it all, didn't he? I, I, I mean, get a trophy. <laughs> I mean, I, I should have got a trophy. I pretty much shot that deer. It's on my wall, but she just pulled the trigger. You know, what I mean, and she listened to the podcast. No, she don't listen. She, <laughs> she ain't gonna hear this. That's probably a good thing. But, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. She she loved it, and uh, she put her brothers to shame her second year shotgun hunting. So I loved it too. And that's all. That's what it's about: having fun, getting the family involved, and. Uh, so Kirk, moving on here. Uh, how's how's this year hunting been for you? This year's hunting's been pretty tough. Um, like I said earlier, this is one of the biggest challenges I've ever faced as far as 
um, in, in my whitetail hunting career, this is the hardest one. Um, like I said, the first month was next to nothing. I mean, we had one buck on camera, and we seen maybe five deer total. Walking in, walking out, we'd see a couple of does, and then we had one buck that come in in the stand who was just... We'd have probably shot him just so we could put it on camera in an episode, you know, but he was too far away. He never did give us a really good shot. And I was running the camera, and my co-founder, Sean, was, was the one hunting. And I love that guy to death, but I wouldn't trust him to shoot 25 yards, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been pretty tough. I had um, I ended up moving from the one spot, and I, I really I really dug into that ground and, and scouted and, and, uh, and moved around and I found a, a location that I thought would be pretty good just from the looks of it from a, from a map. So I went over there and hunted, and uh, I sat on the ground. I didn't even take my climber or nothing with me. I just went out there and sat on the ground, and I seen a bunch of deer out on this one point coming out into the field to feed about 20 minutes before dark. So I thought, well, tomorrow, I'm going to hunt tomorrow, so I'll go out there, and, and, uh, and, and I'll move a little closer, and this time I'll bring the, the climber with me. So I did, and um, I shimmied up in the tree, and it started getting late in the afternoon, and I couldn't even, I couldn't find a tree to save my life to hang this this climber in. So I just picked a junk tree and climbed about four foot in the air and just thought, piss on it. I mean, I'm already here, you know, it's almost four o'clock. I need to get something done, otherwise I'm going to get busted. uh, Ended up having a doe come into me, and I shot her, and then as I was climbing down, I got this climber banging around, making all sorts of noise. I dropped my bow out of the tree. Thank God I was only four foot <laughs> off the ground. You know, so uh, I got, I'm got. i putting this climber together, and I turn around, and here stands this little two-and-a-half-year-old eight-pointer, like 20 yards from me, just staring at me. Like, what are you doing, dude? I mean, it's just, we're deer hunting. What, you know, so you're not supposed to do that when you're deer hunting, you know, and... Uh, he kept looking behind him, so I, I turned over and I kind of I kind of glanced out on the field edge there, and there stood the biggest deer of my life. I mean, the biggest deer of my life. And I've been hunting 22 years, and I've killed some big deer, and this deer just put them all to shame. So as I'm making all this noise, now I'm trying to get my bow out from the Mall for Roses, and I'm stabbing myself, trying to knock an arrow up, and I finally get an arrow knocked up, and he's standing 25 yards from me, broadside, looking the other way. I've made all of this noise now, and he didn't even stare at me, didn't even look at me. I put my pin right behind his shoulder, and I let I let the arrow fly, and I watched my nocturnal knot go right behind his shoulder, low to where it would have punctured his heart. And he took off out of there grunting and kicking and screaming and went about 50 yards and stopped, and I was standing there watching him, and it got dark, and I couldn't see him anymore. So I thought, well, maybe he went down. And uh, so I got the, the doe that I would shot earlier. I got her all, you know, fixed up and got my stuff off. You know, because I had that climber and everything, so I got it all set up to where I was going to pack it all out. Well, it's been about 45 minutes to an hour. I'm going to start tracking the blood. So I start tracking the blood, and I go down into the cornfield, and I get probably 30 yards from this deer, and all I do is I hear something take off in the middle. Middle of the dark, I didn't know what it was, didn't see it, nothing. Just took off. Shit. That was probably him. How do you heart shot a deer like that with a G5 T3 broadhead, and he don't die after an hour? So I walked up there, and there was a huge puddle of blood right there. I thought, all right, well, that was him, you know, that I kicked him up. So I'll wait. I'll go back to town. I'll, you know, I'll take this doe back to town. I'll get some more flashlights, grab a couple of people, and we'll come out and see if we can't find him. About two and a half hours into it is when I finally went back to look for that deer, and we never found him. That spot of blood where, where I jumped him up and he took off, that was the last bit of blood we ever found. Wow. We looked, I looked uh, till probably 11 o'clock that night. I looked the next day till noon. I looked the day after until noon. And then I had uh, another guy from the staff went out there and hunted. And he looked when he was out there, nothing. I even put it up on our Facebook page. You know, hey, shotgun hunters, it's out there at Spoon River. You know, if you find a monster, I mean, I'll even pay you to get that deer back because he was a giant. I've seen it where... I mean, you shoot them just a little touch low, and, and they live. You know, I just seen that on Mendes Whitetail on on YouTube, and that, that buck was a giant. Yeah. He shot it just a touch low. looked looked perfect, but he shot it just a touch low, and then he got trail cam pictures of it two days later, so living. You, you know, know, and that might even be the case. That might that, that yeah. deer might still be alive. And if so, 
he's going to be a dandy next year. And I mean, and like you said, you you were trying to get set up, so you 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 thinking that deer might be alerted, so you're probably playing a duck a little bit when you shot, you sure. know, and you just. You put it put it right where you're aiming, you know, but he just didn't duck that three four inches that you needed. But I mean, I, I've lost good deer. Ryan's lost good deer, and it's I think just, all all of us have. And everybody's just, listening. I'm sure they've lost. Yeah, a, it's a just part of it, man. Yeah. And it's so hard. I mean, it. But like we were saying in past past episodes, that's when you learn. Yeah. What kind of bow hunter you are, you know? Do you? You know, we've heard some people say, "Oh, I miss this deer. I'm going to hang my bow up or something," you know, and. And you know, is that is that the kind of be a bow hunter you are, or are you the guy that's going to grind it out and really put in the work? And I'm, I'm glad you're still out there trying to get after him because yeah. that's the same like us, you know. I mean, there's highs and lows to bow hunting, that's yeah. for sure. And boy, that night I definitely experienced the low of it. Yeah, you know that feeling you get in your gut that you know you're not going to find that deer, and it just oh, man, eats you alive. Terrible. Yeah, I shot one a, a really nice ten pointer last year early. And I hit it in that no man zone and mm-hmm. ducked the arrow. I I rattled him in and and then you know I grunted to stop him and he was looking right at me and I shot him high and about 300 yards in you know and he hadn't bedded yet and I just specks of blood and you just you know you know you're like it's over you know yeah. this deer ain't it is still living and now you done messed up that whole area tracking the deer and it's just this is a bad deal but I've pretty much left that spot alone since I shot that deer. I've only hunted it one more time since I shot that deer. That's good because there's not a lot of shotgun hunters that get tags out there. Uh-huh. I mean, really. So, so really, that should be pretty low for for public, which people think might be crazy to be saying, but it should be pretty low pressure yeah. compared to a lot of pieces around here. Like homies, when you get 15, 16 shotgun hunters on there walking around, you know, I mean, that's that's a lot. So. That and everybody's banging around. I mean, you got deer that are moving counties because of shotgun season, yeah. you know, so... And, and I don't think the shotgun hunters use, you know, they go about their scent control differently than, yeah. than us bow hunters. I mean, you're out there October 3rd. I mean, you, you better be you better be on top of your scent, you know. And, mm-hmm. and when, yeah. when shotgun season rolls around, I don't think many guys pay attention to it, which, yeah or no. I mean, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong, but. I mean, teeth are own when it comes to that. I just, I, you know, I know shotgun hunters that go out and they're 100% scent free, and then I know shotgun hunters that go out in jeans and a flannel shirt, smoke yeah. cigarettes, and drink coffee. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, like I said in one of our episodes, I think a lot of it has to do with being at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I got a buddy that just killed two two does within about five minutes of each other, and I know he was smoking a cigarette when he was in the stand. Yeah. <laughs> I know he was. Yeah. You know, you're not fooling me. I know you're smoking out there. And it just, I, I, I go about, I'm religious when it comes to to scent i mean i shower i i spray my clothes down i wash them i i'm crazy but i don't get i don't ever get winded either yeah. i mean i've had my wind blow right in a mature buck's face and had no idea i was there see now the shotgun hunters they're a little bit different than we are because they can reach out there 100 mm-hmm. some yards and you know we can't we got to have it in a lot closer yeah. and you know i i think i think a lot of the shotgun hunters is the reason you know the reason that I mean, unlike bow hunters who have months to get it done, these guys got seven days. Yeah. You know, if you just shotgun hunt, you got seven days to get it done. So so you might hunt a stand on the wrong wind or you might push into an area. You know, imagine if we were bow hunting and you had seven days. I mean, that the pressure would be, especially if you eat as much deer as my family does, the pressure would be in, insane yeah. to get something down. And that's when I think that's why I think a lot of these two and a half and three and a half year old bucks get shot because, you know, someone says, "Oh, I got I got seven days to get you know some deer down." And I know, put okay, horns on the ground. Yeah, here, here comes a three and a half year old, you know, and they put it down. You know, great for them, but you know, people say, "Well, I wish people wouldn't shoot." You know, but everybody has a different mentality of hunting, and the people that have limited amount of days for shotgun. Mm-hmm compared to like a bow hunter like us who has months you know to get it done there's a little bit of difference in pressure and you know and putting the meat in the freezer getting the freezer queen down you know so freezer queen i like that freezer queen baby freezer queen so kirk uh, do do you have any good tips or anything for anybody that is hunting any public land put the work in i mean you've got to put the work in you have to scout you've got to look at the maps you have to that place that's a mile and a half walk you're like man i'm not walking that far well the reason nobody else is walking that far either so that's where all the deer are going to be 
I mean, they deer aren't stupid. A lot of people think that they're you know you can you can trick them and and you can in, in most aspects, but when it comes to hunting pressure, they're not stupid. I mean, these deer didn't get four or five years old by being dumb. So put the work in. You know, know where you're at. Look at the ground. Uh, you know, Cody and I were talking earlier this year. I mean, Cody's probably walked that entire property out there, and it's like 1,700 acres, you know. Mm-hmm. You've got to put the work in. You have to. Because if you just go out there and you hunt three, 400 yards off the road where you park your car, you're not going to be successful. And if you are, you are one of the luckiest some bitches I've ever met. Yeah. I mean, so I walk, I mean, just to one of my spots, it's, it's every bit of a mile. But I get back in there, and I see deer every single time. Yeah. You know, so you just got to put the work in. You got to pay attention to where everybody else is going. I mean, it's like hunting. It's like hunting with all your friends, only you don't know where all your friends are at. You know, so you just got to be cautious and, and look for those those little bitty fingers and those little bitty pinch points, you know, that you wouldn't think anybody else would even try to walk to. That's where you need to walk to because that's where those deer are going to go. I know that giant that was shot out of there this year, bow hunting and that was mid 160s and that was middle october i mean so there's deer out there oh there's big deer out there yeah. i mean i've seen them you've seen them yeah. I, I shot one and lost it and the thing with with where i shot my deer at what i just said it kind of contradicts itself because i was sitting on a field edge probably 800 yards away from where i parked my car but it was late in the day and i just thought man i've got to get something thrown up yeah. here well it was also the rut too yeah so then bucks were running all over the place mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to be hunting that place religiously, like I've dedicated myself to this year, and you know what, I think I might even dedicate myself to it next year. I got an opportunity where I can lease some ground uh, with a good friend of mine I went to high school with next year, and I'm going to lease it with him, but I think I'm still going to dedicate a lot of my time to the state ground because I I don't even think I've scratched the surface of what that property is is capable of bringing. And if I can bring any part of that to our viewers... I mean, that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, me and Ryan were talking about we're, we're going to go out there late season. I've had awesome success out there late season hunting the standing crops and and I've seen some big deer and had a lot of fun, you know. So we're going to go out there and, and I I'm gonna, I like to put a couple more does down, you know, and sure. that's something I'm I'm going for. But that's one good thing about it. If you don't want to bugger up your property, I mean, public's a whole other game. Yeah. You know, you can – you go in there, you don't see no deer, or oh well, you know, hunt a different spot tomorrow because sure. you got that option. But and there's so much ground. I mean, there's yeah, and there's different. I mean, there's even different elevations out there, and there's different. You know, you got corn over here on one side, and then you know, clear over here down at the bottom, you got standing beans. You mm-hmm. know, so and that spot that I found early, early in the year when when actually Cody and I were out scouting that ground, I think that that now yeah. is going to be on fire. I think late season that. So, yeah, that's I think that's up. and I had I had a lot of good uh, I had a lot of good sign down there early early season and it kind of quit for a couple of weeks and we hunted it I mean religiously for like three weeks and it just we yeah. didn't see nothing didn't hear nothing no sign you know no sign no nothing and but I think that now that the shotgun is over that's down in the bottom it's safe the riverbed's right next to mm-hmm. it they got they you know they got we got real tall weeds there shit I'm six one it's taller than I am. So they got cover, food, water. Yeah, I mean they're they're that, that's I think that's going to be a honey hole late season because nobody else nobody likes to hunt public ground late season because they think it's ruined mm-hmm. and it is not. Late season is when your public ground heats up. And so they got to be somewhere. Yeah, yeah, they're, not <laughs> they're out there somewhere. Pro- they're yeah. not on my property. So. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be seventeen hundred acres, man. They got to be out there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, you they're know, they're somewhere. You just got to put the work in and find the little some bitches. So Kirk, with you, with you guys doing your thing with Wild Thing Outdoors, uh, I mean, you got the camera up in the tree with you. Mm-hmm. How hard has that been? You know, trying to get some good some good film out there by yourself. It ain't easy, you know. And you guys can attest to that. It's not easy, you know. Uh, when it when it comes to when it comes to me, when I'm self filming, I put that camera before I put my bow. So if I can't get that deer shot on camera, I don't shoot it. I mean, I just don't because you have to have you have to have the footage to make the episodes to get the viewers to get the likes and the fans to 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 get anywhere. Well, you can't do that if you you know you got the camera facing clear over you know to your left and you shoot your deer to the right. You know, I mean, you can't. So I put my camera first, and in my in our first episode, you can see that 
you know, I got on the deer and then I was trying to move it and I was making all sorts of noise and the deer was about four yards from me and I didn't even care. I mean, by the end of that, I just thought, I can't believe she's still still standing here. I mean, I made so much stinking noise. I could have jumped down out of the tree, punched her in the face, got back up there and still shot her, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not easy. But um, the trick that I have found when it comes to that is I like to put it on my left side. That's where I, I, I hold my bow with my left hand. So I like to put my camera about, if I'm standing in my stand, I like to put my camera armpit high and I, and I use it with my, my left hand because I can click my release on or I can hold the string of my bow, get the camera right where I want it to, go straight to my bow, draw and shoot. So I've found that, you know, as, as far as right versus left, I like to put an armpit high standing on my left side. So I can get everything down because then as soon as I'm done with that, if I absolutely need to, I can still ranger, you know, because mm-hmm. everything is on my left side when, when, you know, with my hunting on my harness, my, my grunt tubes on my left side, my range finders on my left side, everything's right there because when I shoot, you know, I want it all away from me. You know, I want it away from the string because I've missed deer because shit, you know, my string has hit stuff yeah. before. Yeah. So I keep it away from me and I like to have that camera right there and it's, the, the hardest thing I have found when it comes to filming is my microphone on my camera. It will pick up, you know, the littlest noise and amplify it a hundred times. I mean, like that episode, I made a lot of noise, but man, it wasn't that loud. I mean, <laughs> you know, Ryan said that it sounded like I was standing in the tree stand banging my antlers together. <laughs> it did, man. It was wild. Yeah. I was like, what is he doing? He's not, I mean, he's on, the camera's on the deer. Right? He's got to see it. Yeah. No, I just, all, and all I did was, uh, I got a, a, a longer stabilizer, and all that did was kind of rake the branches in front of me, and it just amplified it a hundred times. It sounded like I was up there, you know, freaking Mardi Gras or something, you know? So, <laughs> I could not, I think I even said in the episode, I cannot believe that doe stood there that whole entire time. It was pretty wild if you guys watch it, it's... Yeah, hey, hey, Kurt, where, where can they find all that, you know, about Wild Thing Outdoors? Oh, yeah, um... You, you find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Wild Thing Outdoors. Um, we're on YouTube. Just type in Wild Thing Outdoors, and we got some videos on there. And we post all of our videos onto our Facebook page as well. So, yeah, I mean, all the likes we can get, you know. Yeah, get the name out there. They got they got an awesome thing going. They're doing it for the kind of same reason we are, the normal guy, you know, showing that it can be done. And, and I dig that, you know. I mean, it's, it's a sweet gig you guys got going on, but. Yeah, we're having a pretty good time doing it too. And when we put our episodes together, we do it here in the house. And you know, we go in there and we'll push all my daughter's toys out of you know to one side of the toy room, and that's our media room, you know. Yeah. So we don't got just roughing it. Yeah, <laughs> just just roughnecking it. You know, I don't know if it beats the pink pink room with the wolf wolf <laughs> puzzle. Wolf puzzle. This just a little tip: there will be an Instagram pic of the wolf puzzle. And it's finding a new home soon because we are not losing that puppy because <laughs> no. it is sick. <laughs> so, uh, Kirk, I'm just going to pop this one on you here. Do you think that you do anything weird that helps you be successful? Kind of a tough question, but there's something you do that's different, you know, and that's what we told them. We said we might talk to people that on this that don't believe in scent control or that we might talk to people that are crazy about it. We might talk to people that like to drive their four-wheeler all the way to their stand and they're successful and we're just trying to get different opinions from different people. So if there's anything that you can think that is kind of off the wall that you might do different or... I don't know about off the wall, but there's something I do every time I climb into my stand. Now, I'm not really known for being the biggest religious man in the world. I mean, I, I, I cuss like a sailor. I drink like a sailor. I chew. You know, I mean, I'm... I'm not the biggest religious man in the You're world. You're a normal working class guy. I am, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but every single time I climb into my stand, I thank the good Lord for the opportunity of being an outdoorsman. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if that's weird or off the wall. I do the but, same yeah. thing. So every single time yeah. I climb in there and do that. Um, I like to, you guys know the shaker symbol? Yeah. Okay. So when I shoot my bow, <laughs> and this might be weird to anybody, but I do the shaker symbol when I hold my bow. I put my pinky down on my on my stabilizer, and then I run my thumb up, you know, next on the other side of my bow right there. So when I shoot my bow, it looks exactly like that. So anybody that don't know what the shaker symbol, it's like 
the hang loose circle, you know, like yeah. hang loose, bro. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's yeah. up, bro? You know, that's that's what that's the hang loose. Instagram. Uh, you know, we're a lot cooler than the way he described it, but yeah. <laughs> I got an Instagram video of shotgun season, second season, and I do the the shaker. You know, I let people know that I'm not satisfied with the weather. <laughs> it was. Was it damn near 60? I had shorts and a bikini top on out there, dude. Was, I can imagine that was sexy. You guys bla- should see this guy. He's got a beard like Grizzly Adams. They were blaze orange, not legal. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm going to go to hell now because, I mean, you guys are at the base of the tree, you know, praising the good Lord. I don't do anything like that. I think what I do that's weird, but I feel like it helps is I listen to Fred Bear by uh, Ted Nugent and it's it's a good out outdoor song and it's very relatable and he's Get just you pumped up on the way dude, out. It gets me so pumped up just that forty five minute drive. Just, just, just on repeat. <laughs> just on repeat. <laughs> I've listened to Ted Nugent thirteen times on the way to the deer stand. I'm ready to go. <laughs> So other than that, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think I do anything weird. You know, oh, we didn't really talk about the weird stuff. I don't know yeah. if I do anything weird. I just, I just, oh, I just I'm sure like we all do all yeah, sorts of weird yeah. stuff. I mean, especially in deer camp. I mean, man, if I could get into some of the stories I've done at deer camp, yeah. good lord, you know, deer camp's just fun, man. It's just hanging out, and if you shoot something great, if not, you're gonna make memories that are gonna last a lifetime. Yeah. I just hate how bad when you do shoot a good deer. I just hate how bad that transition from morning to afternoon. You know. You're just getting the deer out. You're getting it gutted. You're looking at it and enjoying that. But, I mean, it's only like a two, two and a half hour stretch. You're getting lunch. You got a good two and a half hour stretch to really enjoy it and just, you know, talk with the guys. And then you're back in the stand and then it's dark and you're getting your ass home and going out in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just wish that time was longer, really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good yeah. time. Yeah, that's like on the last podcast I was talking about. When I shoot something now, I'm going to... I'm going to take time and really absorb. I don't care if it's a doe or a 180-inch. When I'm tracking it and when I'm walking up to it, when I find it, I really want to take some time to really live in that moment and absorb it. Because when I shoot a doe, I'm pumped. When I shoot yeah. a big buck, I'm pumped. But, you okay, oh, I got the deer. Now we got to get it out. You don't really have the, the moments. You remember them slightly, but you don't really have the moments of, this is how the deer was laying. You know, I walked up, and this is my first reaction. I wanted to slow down and really absorb it because that's we spent hours and hours and hours for that 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 blood trail, and then the thirty seconds of you seeing the deer and walking to it. You know, that's what you're living for yeah. that first initial grabbing of those horns, and we do it so fast, and then it's over. You know, and then you get you get to come home and you get to mount and look at it. Yeah, but. I just want to slow down and walk up slow and it just absorb every second of that deer, you know, that I just put the work in and got it done. I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, I, I heard somebody uh, on a hunting video tell say this one time, 12 months of hard work for five seconds of, of, of that moment, you yeah. know, of that from the time you get it full draw to the time you release the arrow. I mean, you're you're working months and months and months out of the year for that five seconds, and I want to make that five seconds a lot longer. Yeah, and that's why uh, another reason why we started this wild thing outdoors because now that I've got the video there, not only do I have the deer on my wall, but now when I'm telling my four year old about Daddy's hunt, I can bring it up on yeah, YouTube and say, sure. I mean, and my daughter goes crazy. That's awesome. I, I got to get on YouTube at least once a day. So she can watch Daddy's hunt, you know. That's cool. That's, yeah. I just wish, you know, I'm like you. I wish we could make that last a lot longer. And I and I don't care if it's a button buck or if it's a, you know, 180 inch deer or if it's a 12 pound doe. I don't really care. You know, it's just white being able to harvest a white tailed deer in itself is a trophy. Mm -hmm. You know, because they are so hard to shoot. I mean, even the dumb ones are hard to shoot. You know, so it's just in itself is. Is a, is a trophy. I wish I could mount every single deer I've ever shot. I know, that'd be I sweet. Love it. it would be, yeah. you just bringing up, you know, going back to filming there. Cody and I did start filming this year. And Cody's got some, some really good video. And he's got damn near everything that he, he's got on his buck. But don't just say, no, I'm, I'm never going to film or nothing. Because now that you look back on it, Cody, I mean, isn't it pretty nice to yeah, have? Yeah, it's sweet, man. You get... 
you get to relive that moment. And my reaction to that deer, like I said, it's like a 180 injury. You know? <laughs> I'm freaking pumped because, I, like I said, when I went in that night, I just had this feeling. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the set that's going to be. And, and my kid, like Kurt was saying, my kid's watched that like 10 times. And he's, daddy shoot the deer? Daddy shoot, you know, he's two, you know. Daddy shoot the deer? I'm like, yeah, I shot it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right, I yeah. shot it. <laughs> it's going on the wall. So, you know, he'll see it. And, and and I'll get to show him that when he's 10, you know, and be like, hey. You know, and, and hopefully I keep filming and um, get to show him a lot more deer. And then hopefully when he gets his first deer, I get it on film. You know, that's why I told my wife. I said, I want to invest in some better camera equipment because his first deer whether he's into hunt, deer hunting his whole life or if he's out of it after, you know, he moves on or whatever and he decides he don't like it, I still have that memory that I can look back when I'm 60 and watch the deer that I killed with my boy. And that that's that's going to be awesome, you know. And like I said, my wife's super understanding. And like I said, she won't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> I get no brownie points for saying this. But she's like, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a good idea. You could probably spend some money on some film equipment, you know, and, and – when you when you put it towards your kids, the the wife understands. But I'm gonna use the film equipment too, you know. <laughs> yeah, right but I can't on. wait till I put my boy on like a 160, and you know, and he she puts just it down. nails it with a crossbow. I, I hope he shoots a lot of small deer and has to work for it like I did first. Though <laughs> I don't want him to go out there first season and shoot a 160. I'd be like, all right, okay. You see these pictures of all these kids. Yeah, and it was no. like I'm, a I'm, I'm happy for him. But I'm like, dude, that dad just ruined that kid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's going to hunt there's the rest no way. of his life. Yeah, there's no way he's ever going to top that. Yeah, you know, you know. But going back to filming, guys, as you listen to this, you know, just really think about um, maybe maybe getting into it. You can buy a, a junk camera arm, you know, 40 50 bucks, maybe not even that. $25 at Farm King, you can get a camera arm. Now, there it's a little jumpy, so you need to just just uh, adjust the, the tightness of that, that head, but... 25 bucks, man. And, yeah. and you guys can, can just look back on that, you know, years after years and, and really enjoy that moment over and over again. Or um, I had an instance this year. Um, I had a buck come into the field and, you know, I got a I got the camera zoomed in on him and I thought he was one deer as, as it was all unfolding. And then I went back, you know, to the truck in between hunts and re- reviewed the footage and I was like, that is not the deer you, that I thought it was. You've never got a picture of that deer either, no, have you? No, no, no. That's okay. crazy, man. He got so on he, camera, but he's never yeah. had a picture of him. Never seen him before. Just never seen him after. But you know he's in the area now. Yeah, you know? yeah. That was so, pre-rut, so you know he was. He, he's in. That's his area. It's just yeah, just it, elusive. You it know? was. It was cool to to be able to look back on that and be like, well, yeah, you know that was a different deer. Because if he would have got forty yards away, I'm still thinking, yeah, this guy's this guy's a shooter. It's, mm-hmm. I know I know who he is, and I've got pictures of him last year and this year, and you know he, he's on the list, but. Being able to go back on that and look at that, I was like, "Wow, this this is almost worth it in, in itself right here, and it, it's paid off right now." You know, going back to what uh, Cody was saying about you know bringing your kids along with you. When I shot my big six pointer, my daughter was uh, was three years old, and she got to I got down out of the stand, and I went straight home. I didn't go to try and find that deer at first, so I got my daughter and my wife at the time. and we went and found that deer together and you know it's it's just stuff like that that just makes all of this worthwhile i mean it's just so great it It really is uh she got any i mean she obviously has some interest in uh oh yeah we got uh we've already picked her crossbow out she's gonna be in the blind with dad next year awesome yeah that's what i was telling homie i want to get him in there as soon as possible Yep, I'm be, sure he'll uh, blow some hunts, but you know that's like my boy. He'll blow a lot of hunts, and the first deer he goes, he's gonna be like deer, yeah. deer. I'm be like, Shh. you know, I mean, but <laughs> that's what I'm worried with Aiden, man. He's just gonna be so revved up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's that's part of it. Yeah, you know, it that's is. that's part of it. Let's let's spook a whole bunch of deer so they know. Well, let's not be screaming in the blind yeah. anymore, because you know. But she's. Uh, I, I was actually talking to her the other night. I was at work, and. Uh, she said, I, I, I want a crossbow. I want I want the pink crossbow. So I mean she's already picked her crossbow out and nice. So we're yeah, we're revved up for next year. We're gonna get this spring we're really gonna hit it and you know, I'm gonna get her the crossbow, I'm gonna get her that and I'm buying her a puppy for Christmas. So. Oh man, she's, she's having, having a heck of a Christmas. She's having a heck of a year. Yeah. It's gonna be a hard one to beat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's she's having a heck of a Christmas. But um this spring we're gonna we're you know, we're gonna get her shooting a 
and then I'm going to set a blind up so she can shoot out of the blind and nice. be used to it. And then we'll yeah. go out and set it up and brush it all in. And, you know, hopefully she doesn't kill anything bigger than her dad. <laughs> you know? That's something, a five-year-old, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Well, she's four, but, you know, next year she'll be, yeah. next year season she'll be five. And five-year-old killing a bigger deer than her yeah. 33-year-old dad. You know? <laughs> well, well, I'd be I, pissed. <laughs> I mean, I love her so much, but, boy, I'd be yeah. mad. I, yeah. Well, you missed it. Dad's the one that shot that. Yeah. That's, uh, you know. <laughs> well, Kirk, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, you're going to have her practicing out of a, out of a blind. Yep. Um, that way it's just kind of all the same. On um, the last episode, Cody talked about um, shooting his buck, and he had his hood up and his gloves on. Yeah. And uh, I had shot at a deer this year, and I had my, my new coat on, and... I just got my bow and I haven't practiced with my coat on. And after I shot at, I went home and I got in the driveway and I put all my gear on, everything, just like I'm sitting in the tree. And I shot because I felt like that that coat was just that last additional layer yeah. that that threw me off a little bit. And uh, I get home and you know I I wasn't I wasn't off you know but I felt like that since I hadn't shot with with all my gear on because you know you you're not going to shoot with all your stuff on in June or July and you know it, it's going to take a cold day to be able to practice like that because you need to practice like you're going to be in the stand. Yep. Yeah, even even if you think it's not going to mess you up. Just it does. The, just the security of knowing that it's not going to mess you up. So when you do draw on that big boy, you know, on a cold front and and you know like this time period, you know, and you got all them layers on. You ain't practiced with all that. Yeah. Just saying, I know this ain't gonna throw me off. I've already done it. I know. I know what to do. I'm prepared. And you draw on it. Just that confidence level. I think that can make or break a shot. Because yeah. if you draw back, and in your mind you're thinking, man, I haven't shot with all this stuff on. I don't know. And that's exactly when I lost my buck. I'm, I'm drawn, and I'm like, I got gloves on. In my mind, I'm like, I got my hood up. You know, I'm like, this is way out of my realm. You know, and I, I, I mess the shot up. And I'm not saying it was because I had that stuff on. It's but very possible. in my mind, I was already messed up because I realized I had that on. And I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on, you know? But And then that was bad on me. I, had, I hadn't practiced with all that stuff. That's something I hadn't done. But now that's something I do do, like you were saying. You know, put it on and, and shoot and see what you guys can do. Because, you know, you might shoot. And you might have four layers on, and your you might your string might nick your left arm or your right arm, whatever you, you know you shoot. I'm left-handed, so I shoot you know left-handed, but you know it might it might hit your arm, and that's make or break right there, you know. Well, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, uh, that guy took me out hunting and showed me how to do everything. That's how I started in the hunting, and uh, that's he's always said that to me. You know how you're going to shoot your deer is how you need to practice, you know, yeah. shooting. So I, I shoot a lot more than almost any hunter that I know. I mean, I'm out even during the season, off season. I am shooting all of the time. So 98% of my shots on deer is muscle memory. Yeah. I mean, I've got the bow pulled back, and I've got the pin already set on that deer, and I don't even need my rangefinder half the time because I've shot so much at different yardages that I know where that deer's at. Yeah, that's that's so, just a comfort thing, man. Yeah. When you shoot that much and you feel that comfortable with that bow, it's like a part of your body, you know? Yeah. And I'm the same way. I do this thing when I draw back. It might be a weird thing we were talking about earlier. I do like a triple set. You know, I draw back and I do like a one, two, three with my kisser button yep. to really feel. I got a beard, mustache, so I really get <laughs> yeah. it nestled in there. It's a dirty one, too. You guys just see it. It's really <laughs> get it nestled in there, you know. I do that triple triple set, and then I'm like, all right, I'm on. I'm on, you there know. There you go. You, know? you just got to get. To, might have to pick up on that triple <laughs> Triple or maybe the beard. Maybe that's what it is. You know, just... <laughs> Homie can't grow a beard. No, no, no. <laughs> I look, I look like an Amish man. If, if, when, when I, I don't even, I don't even say I grow it. It's, it just kind of is there. It, it comes in all, it's you there. know, Joe Dirt like. It's, it's just neck beard. That's all it is. Straight neck beard. Straight near. <laughs> nothing much on the hardcore much on the cheek. Hashtag neared. <laughs> Hashtag neared. We're putting that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hashtag near. Yeah, guys. I mean, and now, now is the good time to uh, you know practice with all your gear on. It's getting cold, and you'll be able to you'll be able to layer up like you are in the stand, and uh, be able to get some arrows downrange. Not being, not being in the zone. You know, not having a, a deer out in front of you that you haven't shot with all the all your gear on. So, 
just just something to think about and and maybe try to make it happen if you can. So you, you and Sean have started Wild Thing. Yep. Um, I mean, there might be somebody out there listening who's thinking about starting something like that. Um, what kind of tips could you give them if they want to start uh, a hunting show? Be 100% dedicated to that. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got responsibilities. I work. I work a bunch of overtime. And like we are talking earlier, I got a little girl. But, man, if you are going to make that happen, you have got to dedicate all of your spare time. You know, take out time for your daughter, take out time for your work and your household stuff. But any spare time you get where you're going to be sitting on the couch a day off from work, you need to be focusing on that because it is not easy to get it lifted off the ground. Once you get it lifted off the ground, it's even harder to keep it in the air. So, I mean, you know, we started this, like I said, uh, last year and it didn't even really kick off until this year. And uh, so you just, you, you really got to, you got to dedicate yourself to it, your days off of work. I mean, our days off, Sean's a, a conductor for the railroad, so he's gone a lot. And I work out there too, but I'm home every night, so I work in the yard. So, but um, on our days off where he's not working, we're in here in, in the media room putting episodes together. Or I'm doing work while he's out, out working, I'm, I'm getting stuff set up for the expo that we're going to. I'm getting everything done for our t-shirts and our koozies and our stickers and, you know, our, our, our fan base and, and answering messages. And it's, it's just, it's a lot of work, but man, is it rewarding? I mean, it really is. You, you have to dedicate yourself to it. And I had a, a thing the beginning of this year, boy, it really bummed me out. I had some stuff happen to me at the beginning of the year that was out of my control. And man, I was really bummed out. I almost hung my bow up. Uh, just completely and and you know about two or three days into that little depression spurt I had I thought you know what I I have I have always fallen back to my roots for hunting always and anytime anything that ever crappy has ever happened to me I've always fallen back to, to hunting man I can't give this up I mean this is this is what I love you know so dedicate yourself to it uh, you know dedicate yourself to your fans because they're the only reason that you're able to do anything that you're doing. I mean, our fan base, it might not be as many as, as some people, but they're the only reason that we got the sponsorships that we got. You know, and, and I got on, uh, you know, some field staff for, for some companies, and I'm pro staff for a couple companies, and the only reason that we get that stuff is because we get them the exposure that they need. You can't do that if you don't have a fan base. So you got to make sure that they are the most important. And I want to, you know, take a second here. I want to give a shout out to all of our fans of, of Wild Thing Outdoors. And we would not be where we are if it wasn't for them. I mean, if you ain't a fan, you should probably go like their page yeah, and check it become out. a fan. Yeah, they got good stuff going on. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're going to be doing some giveaways here at the end of the year. We're going to be doing some big time giveaways. So we wanted to. We wanted to kind of hold off on the giveaways. I mean, we did a little bit here and there, but uh, we wanted to hold off until the end of the bow season and really just flood that page with giveaways. I mean, we're going to do all sorts of stuff. And the good, a really good thing is I got a buddy that uh, that I work with. Um, I might be going out and doing an antelope hunt. Heck yeah. So that's going to be, be a lot of fun too. I'm going to put in for an elk tag, but... Man, the odds of getting drawn for an elk tag the first time you put in are pretty well slim to none. But he's from Wyoming, so he's got his family out there. Nice. So I don't got to pay for lodging. I don't got to pay for an outfitter. I don't got to pay for nothing. The only got the only thing I got to do is pay for my tag. Yeah, that's what the working glass guys got to yeah. got to get in, man, so you can get out there and try. It. I'd love to go out there, but it's just that'd be on some public land. Uh, yes and no. I mean, some of it, some of it is uh, is private land, but uh, some of it's the the elk hunting would be uh, all public, and some of the some of the antelope is going to be public too. But you know, I do need a cameraman. <laughs> oh, he's to, putting the shout out. <laughs> I do need a cameraman to follow me out there and uh, and dedicate you know to to being just a cameraman, which I would love to get. A couple guys affiliated with our staff that just want a cameraman because, like we were talking earlier, it is a pain in the butt to self-film. It really is. So if I can get a guy, you know, or guy or two or whatever that just wants to film. Let them know where you can find him, you 
find you on Facebook, Kirk Franzen. Yeah, Kirk Franzen. Yeah, look me up on Facebook, uh, Kirk Franzen. Um, Sean Anderson is my co-founder. Um, you know, look both of us up, and I mean, we'd be happy to answer any questions you got. Or, I mean, shoot, you can throw some camo on and and hunt with me and do a little little video on. But I need a I need a video man to follow me out there to Wyoming this year. So. If you guys find a really good tech guy, let me know because we need somebody to help with this podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you got some I'm really, struggling. really <laughs> awesome tech guy lined up that can teach us how to do this. Right? You know who does all of our tech work, uh, all of our episodes and stuff like that? Is Sean and I just. Sean's a little bit smarter when it comes to that stuff than I am. He bought some software and he bought a new computer. Thank God because his computer crashed like three weeks into the deer season. We we're like. How the hell are we going to put out episodes now that you don't, we don't got a computer, we don't got no way of doing this. So I thought, well, I'll just download the stuff at work and I'll, I'll just do all the editing while I'm at work. Because even when I am at work, I don't, man, I don't do a lot, you know. Yeah, so, you've got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were going to do that and then he ended up just, uh, just buying a new computer and, and getting the software. But yeah, we just, we just kind of set in here on a day off that we both got and we just hammer it out. So we're going to be putting out our new, our, our, other episode of Sean's shotgun season here because I don't gun hunt. I'm a real man. I just bow hunt. You know, so <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. gun hunt. <laughs> yeah. But he had a Sean had a really successful gun season this year, which boy he deserved it. He's had a rough couple of years. Yeah, he's he not killed a deer for a couple of years, and you know he shot at a lot of deer. But like I said earlier, he's when it comes if we ever have a shootout, a staff shootout. I might as well just not even show up because I'm going to want it, you know? <laughs> I'm not tooting my own horn or nothing, but, you know, toot, toot. You know? <laughs> there you go. Toot it when you can. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up here. Uh, you got anything to add here? No, I got much. Thanks for listening. Yeah, hey. if, you, if you're listening to this point, I mean, this is episode four, and if, if you are listening to this point, we love you. Yeah, yeah, we love you because we're just some normal class guys out here putting this out because be honest with you, we like talking about deer hunting and we like drink a couple beers. I mean, this is fun. This I mean, is. this is good time. So this is, this is living right here. Remember, guys, plan your hunt and hunt your plan. Remember to always have fun. <laughs>